Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Day to Day here on the Hammer Betting Network, the show that gives you some updates early in the week. Uh, what to expect when it comes to injury reports and how they affect your betting decisions going into the weekend or uh, Thursday night, as it would be, because we've got some uh, injury report to talk about for Thursday night. I'm Chris Abbott. I'm your host. I'm joined, as always, by TA from Clev Analytics. And let's get right into it. The Denver Indy game on Thursday night, TA. We've got uh, multiple injuries to think about here. As we chat right now, the Broncos are a three-point favorite at home in the Thursday nighter. I think the Broncos have probably been a little underrated so far this year. I think the Colts may be a little bit overrated. Let me know what you think about this line and what injuries we should watch for and if they're already baked in. Yeah, I think, uh, well, it's kind of a, which injuries do you want to talk about first? Because I think both sides are dealing with major, major ones. And um, I think the line is essentially balancing out (laughs) both set of injuries. But, you know, the Broncos lost... Um, the pass rusher, Randy Gregory, he got put on uh, injury reserve, injured reserve um, yesterday with a knee issue. He got hurt during the, the, uh, the, the Raiders game, Javante Williams, starting running back. He's also out for the season. I know he tore his ACL, unfortunately. So two uh, you know, key pieces to this team, Randy Gregory is their uh, really their, their top um, pass rusher along with Bradley Chubb. So that's a huge loss on the edge there. Uh, and then Javante Williams, you know, just a, uh, broken tackling machine, um, really playing well the last two years. You know, it, him leaving was a big deal. You know, as someone who had the Broncos against the Raiders uh, game tied, they're driving and uh, they bring in Melvin Gordon, uh, who has fumbled four times prior to this game, ends up fumbling on his first carry and gets returned 60 yards for a touchdown and was a total uh, backbreaker. You know, they are obviously reluctant to put Gordon in there right now. And, it, you know, I saw today he's sitting out with a neck injury. I'm putting that in quotes because I'm not even sure. It might be neck. It may be just mentally he's got problems. So I'm not sure if he's going to play. Mike Boone looks like he'll start. They did sign Latavius Murray off the practice squad for the Saints. So I can see him getting more work for for those fantasy footballers. I know a lot of people pick up Boone, but, you know, it feels like they would, you know, to, for them to go after a veteran like that off of someone else's practice squad. I think he could see some carries. He actually looked pretty good, looked pretty spry for uh, someone who's been in the league for a while um, last Sunday in London. So he may get a look, but those are two key injuries for Denver, obviously with an offense that's struggling to have to lose a, a guy like Williams is your best weapon who can break those tackles and get you some extra yards. That's going to be an issue on the Colts side of things. Obviously the, the key injury is Shaq Leonard at linebacker who missed the first few games finally plays last week and then he he gets out he's out with the with a concussion you know that's a big loss in the middle of that defense and then on offense their best player Jonathan Taylor is likely not going to play he's got an ankle issue I know he's trying but on a short week it just doesn't seem by all the uh the quotes I've seen from Frank Wright doesn't seem like that he's going to play so expect a lot more Naheem Hines 
uh, at running back for for the Colts. So I think with all that being said, both of those are being reflected almost evenly in the market. I think this is essentially a three to three and a half point spread, depending on where you look. It's uh, I think it's three and then there's some three and a halfs that are juiced. So, you know, yeah, you're pr- probably going to toggle, bef- uh, you know, between the two, depending on where where you look. And, um, you know, I, I would guess if the Jonathan Taylor is is completely ruled out, that might tilt it to three and a half uh, to a flat 110. But I, I'm not positive. I, I would I would tend to think that it's already priced in here. Right. Like just people can tell that he's either not going to play or be very limited. So uh, it's likely already priced in. But, um, you know, there is a chance it could get to a full three and a half. All right. We'll see how that one goes. Looking forward to talking about this game on Edge Rush with you and the Hitman. Uh, tomorrow when we chat because uh, I don't know how anybody can bet on the Colts right now I, I can't I can't get excited about them whatsoever totals 43 and a half in that game something else we'll touch on with uh, with all the injuries all right moving back across the pond where the uh, Minnesota Vikings covered for me uh, ever so narrowly on Sunday morning but hey it covers a cover um, it started off my Sunday well didn't go so great after that, but not too, too bad. We got the New York Giants and the Green Bay Packers there this week. And, um, you know, the Packers keep getting it done. And we've got uh, some injury worries, I guess, uh, and throw it on the pile of worries for New York Giants fans. But uh, what are you looking at for this? Yeah, obviously, uh, the big news is uh, Daniel Jones um, being out potentially. Same with uh, Tyrod Taylor came in on Sunday, got a concussion. He's in the protocol and. You know, my guess is with the whole Tua situation going on, teams are going to be a lot more cautious uh, with concussions these days. So I'm looking at Davis Webb likely to start for the Giants. He's actually been in the league for a number of years, has been uh, toiling as a kind of a third stringer for a while. Uh, He's actually, you know, I I watched him in preseason. He wasn't the worst quarterback in the world. Uh, Obviously, preseason is a different animal than what you'll face with the Packers, but you know, he's at least serviceable. Maybe we've seen a bunch. We've talked about this. How many times how these, these uh, backup quarterbacks come in and then the market completely overreacts on the other side. And, you know, the, the team rallies around that the backup and they end up covering or win or winning. We've seen this with Cooper rush. We saw it last week with Brian Hoyer and Baylor, Bailey Zappi with, with the Patriots. Like I wouldn't totally discount the giants just because they're going to bring in a, you know, a third stringer here. So, you know, obviously not ideal, but you know, if he does play, uh, let's see what the market does. Maybe it gets over 10. I don't know. Um, you know, right now it's what between seven and a half, nine and a half, uh, in the last couple of days. So, uh, there's a chance I could hit 10, 10 and a half if, if it's officially Davis Webb, but we'll see. Uh, it's clearly a big issue, especially with the Giants wide receiving injuries. Sterling Shepard's already out for the year. You know, Kadarius Tony is just perpetually on <laughs> the injured list. So who knows if he'll play. They really need him because they have no they have no outside weapons um, along with Barkley, uh, you know, so they definitely need some help for Davis Webb. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, Green Bay, really interesting scenario where they're going to, you know, potentially see another backup and they and they escape by the skin of their teeth last week. And you're going across to England. I uh, would get up to 10 points. Yeah, that's that's certainly uh, at least teaser territory at some point. I, I don't know. Let's see how high it gets. But uh, underdog play potentially for the Giants. Okay. Now, last week I took the Seahawks to cover. I was worried. I thought, you know, the Detroit Lions have been this over machine and I wanted to take them on uh, as an overplay again. You know, skill guys out, not sure what's going to happen and and they only go out and put up a combined 93 points. <laughs> um are we expecting the same with Detroit this week? 
Yeah, it's amazing. I was on Seattle too. I, I got on it late once I saw that uh, DJ Chark was also going to be out. I knew that St. Brown would be out and uh, DeAndre Swift. I think most people did. And that's why the line initially dropped from six to about four, uh, four and a half. It kept dropping. And then when we saw that DJ Chark was out, you know, that thing, that line went to three and a half. And that's when I thought it was okay. For me personally, it was still not at a key number. So even though I got in late, I put a small unit on there, but um, you know, and that hit, but like you said, Detroit scored what 41 points anyway. So I'm not sure if it matters who plays, you know, the wide receiver and running back. I mean, Jamal Williams played perfectly fine, but you know, that's different when you're at the, in a dome at home going against a Seattle defense, when you're on the road, you know, facing a bill Belichick defense, uh, who knows? I haven't even checked the early weather yet, but you know, who knows if it's going to be windy or not. Jared Goff is a completely different quarterback outside. Uh, than he is at home in warm weather or in a dome. So having um, as many weapons as possible, a guy like DJ Charter can get down the field, I think will be important. Uh, also, Quintez Cephas, who was, I guess, the number two uh, receiver last week, uh, he was out uh, during the game. He got ruled out with a foot injury. So it they are really it's a really dire situation uh, at receiver. They really targeted TJ Hawkinson a ton. He had a monster game, almost 200 yards receiving. So uh, look for him to have another big game just because there's really nobody else at this point. So uh, to me, DJ Chark is really the key among those guys. I- I'm not sure if St. Brown's going to play, uh, but obviously uh, having him back w- would help. If they got all their key skill guys, this line would be closer to a pick them, I think. Um, but, you know, without them, it's hard to to keep this under a field goal, no matter who's playing quarterback, I think, for uh, for New England. So uh, really interesting, tough to make a line here. Uh, without knowing exactly who's going to play on both sides of the ball, but uh, keep an eye on those skill guys for sure. So the Dallas Cowboys are doing that thing again, where we, we give up on them a little bit and then they they're now three and one Cooper rush, uh, you know, continues to write this story. Uh, they only allow 10 points, albeit against Washington, but they're going to play a Rams team. And as I look at the line today, uh, the Cowboys are four and a half point underdogs. I don't think Cooper, the Cooper rush thing matters so much. And then we saw a Rams team dealing with its own injuries. Um, this one's curious. I'm a little bit surprised at this line, to be honest. Yeah. So, you know, uh, full disclosure, I had uh, the, uh, the Niners pretty big. That was actually my largest position of the season was on the Niners last night. I um, really banked on their front four, um, going, really getting after this Rams beat up offensive line. Hey, it's not good to begin with, but they were missing um, their, their starting center, Brian Allen. Uh, David Edwards, who's a reliable guard, he uh, was declared out on Saturday with a uh, with an illness. And so I'm not sure if it was an illness or a concussion. I'm not sure if it's been cleared up, but he he missed kind of unexpectedly last minute. Then they lost Coleman Shelton, who was their fill in uh, center during the game. It was just a complete uh, debacle when it comes to injuries and and moving parts. And that's the last thing you needed going up against a, a Niners front four. And you saw what happened. It was just uh, they got completely dominated. Uh, and now they have to face a Dallas uh, defense, which is second in the NFL in pressure rate. We know how good um, Demarcus Lawrence and Michael Parsons are. A really tough test for this Rams uh, offense. We'll see. I would suspect that you know Edwards could would would come back. I, I'm not positive of that, but that would be my guess. And then obviously they need Brian Allen. If they can get those two guys back, they'll be okay uh, on the offensive line. Still not great but it's, it's a lot more manageable than what they had to put on the field last night. So that's obviously um, to me going to be, uh, that's definitely the big key here is because once you, you saw what happened when you don't have time to throw everything short, everything was kind of quick to Tyler Higby or Cooper cup. 
And um, when you had to come back and put up points um, and go down the field, you couldn't, you know, Matthew Stafford couldn't do it. He just had no time. So um, that will be one to keep an eye on for sure is the interior of this Rams O-line. Can't do an injury show without talking about the situation in Miami. We will leave the uh, medical advice and should he or shouldn't he have uh, to some other people. Um, But let's talk about just the reality of it. Teddy Bridgewater for the Miami Dolphins this weekend, a short road favorite at uh, the New York Jets. Is this line where it should be? Or or did the Jets give you any hope with, you know, a win over Pittsburgh last week? Uh, What are your early thoughts here? Yeah, this is interesting. So this look ahead was about five and a half or six before the the Tua concussion, or the second concussion, I guess, before, uh, you know, after the Cincinnati game. Uh, This reopened three, three and a half. It's been jumping back and forth here. It's more three and a half than three at this point. Uh, really it's what do you value Teddy Bridgewater versus Tua? And that's just, I mean, that's an interesting question. You know, Teddy Bridgewater is uh, historically just great against the spread because I think many people discount him. He's, you know, unassuming, he's got a, a kind of a weak arm, uh, but he just wins. He just, he doesn't make mistakes. He, he makes the right reads. Uh, he's accurate and he just wins, uh, or at least he just covers. So I think, you know, I'm not sure that the difference between Tua and him are more than, you know, more than a point, maybe. I don't even know if it's that much. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, guys like Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill uh, rely on, you know, uh, some of the deeper throws. And so that's te- not Teddy's game, but neither is it with Tua. So, um, you know, I'm sure Mike McDaniel now he's got 10 days to scheme up things. Uh, to get guys in open space and Teddy will make the right plays. Like I said, it may not be as you know explosive as an offense as we've seen, but uh, he'll certainly make the right, right decisions and uh, right plays and get the, get the team, get the offense in the right position. So, you know, from that perspective, I don't think it's a huge drop off at all. So I think this personally, I think this line will trend up a little bit. It might close around four, four and a half. We'll see. I think there'll be money on, on the dolphins uh, when it's all said and done. I think people will sit there and evaluate and be like, look, are we really going to downgrade this, this offense and this team by that much? Um, but, you know, just because, two, you know, what, what do we think of Tua before this? It's, uh, you know, there just can't be that much of a difference here. So I would suspect this won't see three again, but, we'll, you know, we'll see. I'm with you. Okay, that's it. We're taking the, the Dolphins on the road. Um, last one, <laughs> real quick. We've got the Tennessee Titans, two and a half point road favorites coming to Washington and the Washington offensive line. Uh, has has some issues. I mean, uh, and and that doesn't even get us started on what's behind that offensive line. So, where, what do you think here? Yeah, it's it's just been a war of attrition on that line. They were down to their third string center going into the Dallas game. Uh, now their right tackle Sam Cosme, uh, who's been pretty good, uh, he suffered a hand injury, and so there's a chance he can miss a couple of weeks. And if he's out, they'll probably be missing three offensive line starters. Um, you know, we'll see. There's just a ton of moving parts here. Um, I know a couple of guys have been put on IR and guys are coming back and guys are being uh, flipped around on the line. So I, I, it's hard for me to give you an exact diagnosis as to where this offensive line stands. Just know there's a ton of shuffling. The good news is you're going up against a Tennessee team, which outside of uh, Jeffrey Simmons, who's obviously a great defensive tackle, they don't really have a ton of great edge rushers. So it's maybe not as significant as it could. And you're at home. And as I've talked about in the past, when you're at home, offensive line issues um, are not as big of a deal because you don't have the noise. You don't have to do the silent counts where the edge rushers have a, an advantage in getting off the snap. 
So it's not as big of a deal, but it's certainly not ideal to lose three of your starting starting uh, offensive linemen. So um, just a you know, continuation of the, the shuffling on the O-line and not to mention Jahan Dotson, rookie ride receiver. He's going to be out. So just a complete mess on the offensive uh, line and uh, uh, potentially, you know, losing a third weapon there at receiver for, for Washington. Um, you know, we've seen Tennessee. Uh, they opened up as a favorite. Looks like it's about what two and a half right now. I know it, it, it opened, got up to three, um, and I believe it's at two and a half. So um, I would think that the uh, uh, that Washington will get some sharp money, and uh, we've already seen it. it went hit three and bounced back to two and a half. That's that's tough to a Tennessee team that was left for dead just two weeks ago. Laying a, a full field goal is is a tough one. Uh, but clearly, you know, it's uh, difficult to back a Washington team with the, the the offensive line issues that they 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 have, along with obviously quarterback and uh, the rest of that offense that can only score 10 points against Dallas. So, um, you know, definitely an issue to, to to keep an eye on. But the offensive line is clearly a, a weak spot for Washington this week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. That's our rundown here on day to day. If you like what you heard and you want some more, head over to the hammer dot bet or head to the Hammer HQ on Twitter. Uh, if you really like it, what you hear from TA, he's got a whole website at clevanalytics.com. You can follow him at clevta on Twitter. I am Chris Abbott, at real Chris Abbott with a K. Thank you so much to producer Jason. We'll see you guys next week, and we'll also see you tomorrow on Edge Rush.